Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. No. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents The 31 Days of Horror Day 30 A Not-So-Strange Visitor Written by Monzi J. Sood And narrated by Danielle Hewitt If you were to ask someone what their biggest fear was, most people would say it's the fear of dying. But I'm not afraid of death. I guess this makes me different from most people. No, I'm not some daredevil. I'm not afraid to die, as I know exactly when I will be dying. It won't take me by surprise. I have always known this. I don't know how, and I don't know why. But I know when my time would come. So there was really no point for me to live in fear of death each day. I would simply know when I was going to die. And I had that hunch tonight. I asked myself, where is it that I would like to die? At work or in the comfort of my home? The answer was clear as day. I canceled all my meetings and went home early. In preparation for my last moments on Earth, I removed my favorite and most expensive suit from the cupboard and laid it on my bed. Then I took a long shower, brushed my hair to perfection, and put on the best perfume I've got. I even put on that red lipstick I dreaded so much. And then I put on some music and waited. The mortal body has its needs. Soon I started feeling hungry. I ordered in a nice meal from my favorite restaurant and had it with a pint of beer. Then I uncorked a bottle of wine. Not just any bottle of wine. It was the 2006 Bourgogne Chardonnay the most expensive wine I owned. As I swirled the wine in my glass and inhaled the rich and fruity aroma, my senses brought me back to those lovely memories of Paris. That's where my ex-husband had bought the wine for me on our honeymoon. I was saving it for a special occasion. And tonight was as special as it would get for me. I remember how we went up the Eiffel Tower, held hands on the deck and kissed in the light of the full moon as potent as the very wine I held in my glass. I remember the world being really quiet up there, and everything was beautiful. This was three years ago, but it felt just like yesterday. A lot had changed in those three years. Now I live by myself in a small apartment on a busy street in Mumbai, where the traffic was so loud that it was hard to even hear my own thoughts. I had contemplated moving to a quieter neighborhood, in the suburbs maybe, but there were too many memories attached to this house that I couldn't let go. It was my marital home, 
Now death would take me away from here and my struggle would finally be over. I sipped on the wine, closed my eyes and let those images of Paris play in my mind. The street art, the lovers, and the river sign. The city had a calming effect on me. I finished my first glass, then I waited to hear or see something. But there was nothing except for car horns, the rattling sounds of auto rickshaws, and the heavy downpour that was given at this time of year. A popular soap blared on the TV. Mrs. Powell next door never missed her 10 p.m. TV soap opera. She also lived alone. We hardly spoke. She preferred to keep to herself, as did most people who were my neighbors. I got up to close the balcony door. I saw that all my plants had died. No one had watered them for a long time, obviously. The monsoon had arrived late this year. Now the rainwater was just trying to revive them in vain. It was too late for them. Maybe if the rains had arrived on time, the plants could have been saved. I wondered how long the night would be, or how short. But I had a backup plan. I went to the bathroom and removed the bottle of poison. In case death was late, I knew what I had to do. I sat down on the bathroom floor. I know that it's very dramatic, this waiting for death at night. But I didn't choose the time. None of us do. I'm not sure when I fell asleep. Wine does that to me. When I woke up, it was three o'clock in the morning. Maybe death had canceled its plans. Or maybe, just like the monsoon, death was also late. Or it could be that I was already dead, but I didn't know it yet. I looked at my reflection in the mirror. If I was dead, then I wouldn't be able to see myself in the mirror. At least, that's the general belief. Then I opened the tap and splashed my face with water. Another proof that I wasn't dead. Not sure if I was relieved, though. I returned to the living room and stepped out onto the balcony, clutching onto the bottle of poison. Rainwater had puddled under the lamppost. A breeze ruffled the mango tree in the courtyard. A few twigs broke and fell. Except for a drenched street dog that was lying down miserably near the gates, there was not a soul to be seen anywhere. Thunder rumbled in the distance. Did I hear a soft knock at the door? I turned back. And there it was. He was? Death. I wish I could say that death was there in all its glory. But something was amiss. There was none of the bright white light and the sky opening up. Nor was there any winged angel in a white robe extending its hand to carry me gently forward. All that was there in front of me was a silhouette of a man wearing a hat. A hat? Since when did death become so savvy? It took me some time to come to terms with the fact that instead of a grim reaper, there was possibly a Don Juan coming to take me with him to hell. Where else could I possibly go from here? As the man took a step closer, I felt sweat breaking out on my forehead. I wanted to say something, but instead I just stood there with a fixed gaze, unable to move. He came and stood a few inches from me. It had been raining, but he was dry. Can I have a glass of water, please? What? I said. I'm your neighbor, 
Don't you recognize me? I just returned from a very long flight and realized I must have lost my keys. I saw your lights on, so I thought maybe you could help. It was indeed my neighbor. An elusive man called Prakash or Saren or something like that. He was mostly abroad. I didn't know his exact name because we hardly ever talked in all these years. Three years, I think. You don't know my name, do you? He asked as if he had read my thoughts. Um, I'll get the water. I mumbled and went to the kitchen. He followed me into the living room where he removed his hat and placed it on the coffee table. My drunken, sleep-deprived mind tried hard to make sense of what just happened. Safe to say that I was very confused. I must also admit that I was a little scared. It is strange indeed. I had no fear whatsoever while waiting for my death to arrive, but was afraid of what would happen if a man stayed in my apartment just a little longer. I tried to hide my confusion as I offered him the glass of water. He drank it all in one go. I'm sorry if I disturbed you. I know it's late. He began the conversation again. It's okay. I cut him off abruptly. It's just that it's really late. As soon as I'd said those words, I realized that I was just repeating his words. Right, he said. I should go now. Thanks for the water. And sorry, once again. He got up to leave. I'm so exhausted. I flew all the way from France. He continued. I wanted to sit with him and ask him about his trip. Ask him if Paris is as beautiful as I remember it. But it was too late. As soon as he reached the front door, he collapsed on the floor. The poison I had put in his water had started to take its effect. He became motionless. I left him there. That night I slept like a baby. I must have been exhausted from all the waiting. It was around 8.30 in the morning when I woke up. My first thought was, I'm still alive. My second thought was, there's a dead man in my living room. I put on my robe and stepped outside, but there was no sign of the dead body or the man who had visited me the night before. I went outside to check his apartment door. It was still locked from the outside. Right then, a cold sensation ran through my body and made me freeze in the doorway. I felt the grip of fear as I realized that there was no suitcase or bag, nor had there been one the previous night. The man told me he was returning from a long flight from France. Then where was his luggage? I went through the events of the night in my head, and surely when that man had walked into my flat, he had nothing in his hands. How is that possible? The only conclusion that I could come to was the events of last night occurred in my dream. It was almost 9 a.m. by now. Since I wasn't dead, I had to be at work soon. Since I was dead sure I was going to die the night before, I hadn't thought up an excuse for being late for work. As I rushed out of the building, I ran into the night watchman who was being relieved of his duties. I asked him about last night's mysterious visitor. He told me he hadn't seen anybody come in at that hour. I wasn't surprised to hear that. Surely the watchman must have been fast asleep on duty like he always was. In the evening, when I returned from work, I saw that my neighbor's door was unlocked. Curiosity got the better of me and I rang the bell. The door was open, so I stepped inside. The scene inside was an unexpected one.
Quite a few people had gathered in my neighbor's living room, but my neighbor was nowhere to be seen. Everyone looked solemn, and then I saw an elderly couple sobbing in the corner. Soon enough, a lady around my age stepped forward and asked me if she could help me. I told her that I lived next door. Oh, then you must have heard. My brother died last night. She almost broke down as she said those words. But how did he die? Did I really poison him? If I did, then where was his body? How did he die? I questioned the lady. His flight from Paris crashed last night. There were no survivors, she replied. I was at a loss for words. I heard that familiar quietness again over the cries of the parents who had lost their son. The world around me was spinning so fast, I could hardly catch it. I offered my condolences and left soon after. Please let me know if you need anything, were my parting words to the bereaved family. As I was leaving, I saw that familiar silhouette, this time in a picture sitting pretty inside a photo frame. It was the same man wearing the same hat. I'm pretty sure that hat had been in my living room less than 24 hours ago, and so had the owner of that hat. If he was dead, then what was he doing in my apartment the night before? Within the safety of my apartment, I collapsed on the sofa. And then I saw it. The same hat, still lying on the coffee table where my neighbor had placed it last night. It all started to make sense. I was waiting for death, and death did pay me a visit. Only it was in the form of a dead man. No wonder, then, that he had no bags with him. The dead don't carry any baggage. For your bonus episode, Creepy Presents One Man Hide and Seek. Introduction The One Man Hide and Seek, aka the One Man Tag, is a ritual for contacting the dead. The spirits, which are wandering restless on earth, are always looking for bodies to possess. In this ritual, you will summon such a spirit by offering it a doll instead of a human body. Warning, if you have psychic abilities, you may feel unwell or be prone to accidents during the ritual. Things you need. One stuffed doll. It must have limbs. Rice, enough to stuff the doll full. One needle and one crimson thread. One pair of nail clippers. One sharp-edged tool such as a knife glass shard or scissors, one cup of salt water, natural salt would be best, a bathroom with a bathtub and some form of a counter, a hiding place, preferably a room purified by incense and a fuda. There must be a TV in there. Preparation. Take out whatever the doll is stuffed with. Once all the stuffing is removed, restuff it with rice. The rice represents innards and also has the role of attracting spirits. 2. Clip off a few pieces of your nails and put them inside the doll. Sew up the opening with a crimson thread. When you finish sewing, tie up the doll with the rest of the thread. The crimson thread represents a blood vessel. It seals the spirits up inside the doll. 3. Go to the bathroom and fill your bathtub with water. 4. 
return to your hiding place and put the cup of salt water on the ground. How to do it. 1. Give a name to your doll. The name can be any but your own. 2. When the time is 3 a.m., say your name is the first it to the doll three times. 3. Go to the bathroom and put the doll in the water-filled bathtub. 4. Turn off all the lights in your house. Go back to the hiding place and switch on the TV. 5. After counting to 10 with your eyes closed, return to the bathroom with the edged weapon in your hand. 6. Go to the bathtub and say to the doll, I have found you, then repeat the doll's name. Stab the doll with the edge tool. By cutting the thread off, you break the seal and release the spirits you've trapped. 7. Say, you are the next it, and the doll's name, as you take the doll out of the bathtub and leave it on the counter in the bathroom. 8. As soon as you put the doll down, run back to the hiding place and hide. How to finish. 1. Pour half the cup of salt water into your mouth. Do not drink it, just keep it there. If you go out of the hiding place without salt water, you may encounter something wandering around in your house, which may harm you in some way. The way you feel the presence of something wandering around is to watch what happens to the TV. 2. Get out of your hiding place and start looking for the doll. The doll is not necessarily in the bathroom. Whatever happens, do not spit out the salt water. 3. When you find the doll, pour the rest of the salt water in the cup over it. Then, spit out the salt water in your mouth onto it as well. 4. Say, I win, three times. This is supposed to end the ritual. After this, make sure you dry the doll, burn, and discard it later. Most important... Please do not stop this ritual halfway. You must do it through to the end. This is a dangerous ritual, and I will not be responsible for what happens to you if you try. Other things to keep in mind. Do not leave your house until you have done the finishing ritual. You must turn off every single light in your house when told to do so. You must keep quiet while hiding. You do not need to put the salt water in your mouth during the beginning. You only need to do it during the finishing ritual. Remember, if you're living with someone, you might put them in danger too. Keep the ritual or game under two hours, or else the spirit will be too strong to remove. For safety reasons, it might be best to keep all the doors in the house unlocked, including your front door. As well, Have friends close by, so they can come and help you at a moment's notice if you need them. Keeping a cell phone close at hand would be a good idea, too. A video posted on YouTube shows the television's effects. I suggest you watch it for preparation. Nothing really happens, but it gives you some ideas anyway. You can hear the changes in the sound. It becomes unsteady 
repeats itself like a broken record and becomes warped towards the end. For even more from Creepy, including how to submit your own story for consideration, please visit creepypod.com. You can also follow us at Creepypod on social media and YouTube. All stories told on this podcast are used under license and may not be rebroadcast or distributed without the express prior written consent of the story's author. Please contact us at creepypod at gmail.com for further information on obtaining the rights necessary to rebroadcast or distribute a particular story. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object Class Euclid Keter Safe Special Containment Procedures Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing Do you remember your name? Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.